ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão, um culto. A coragem, que é liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasic. Every week, we're here presenting you or giving you, offering you up the Benfica podcast. With me tonight, as always, Dave D'Olivera up in Canada. What's happening, Mr. D'Olivera? Nothing much. Good to be back on. Uh, we got a big game to preview and a couple of games to recap, but uh, always good to be back on talking with you guys. That's right. The other Oliveira, no relation. Cristiano Oliveira, the original Cristiano. What's happening? Come on, How's everyone doing tonight? Thank you uh, to you gentlemen for joining me for another night in the podcast. And thank you for, for, for you know, people that are actually listening to this. Uh, the like three or four of you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, making us a part of your day. Yeah, let's hope you're capable enough in this in this podcast, like you usually are, that you will be deserving of a standing ovation at the end. Not standing ovations, that's that's minimum. I want my name chanted, you know, like the gladiator or like my boy Rudy. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. Those those of you in Portugal are like, what the f- what's he talking about? But my man Rudy, Watch Notre that. Dame fighting Irish it's legend. A it's a classic. It's a, one of the greatest movies of all time. Every, one of the greatest sports movies. Though, did you know? No, movies, movies. Did you know? Every time I watch that movie, I cry. Yeah. And then I say, tomorrow, I'm going to go out and I'm going to accomplish all my dreams. Then I wake up in the morning, have a bowl of cereal, and I'm like, nah, not today. <laughs> After you hit the snooze button about five times too, yeah, right? Not today. The, the cereal bowl usually gets me off my, uh, <laughs> you know, my mission to accomplish and be become the next Rudy. But yeah. But it's a very, well, very motivational. Well, if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's well, but here's here's the thing, right? Are you eating Kellogg's cornflakes? Because that's the breakfast of champions. Yeah, but I cheat though. I put like eight spoons of sugar. I cheat. I, yeah, I cheat. I cheat. Uh, that's like doing steroids. Uh, are you one of those? Are you guys? Because I know this, this. This. This is like a Twitter question that goes around a lot. Do you put the milk first or the cereal? Yes. What are you? Milk first guy. Cereal first guy. Well, anytime I eat cereal, is neshtun. So oh, I pour, said pop. I pour. Pie. I pour the milk and then I pour the neshtun and I mix the neshtun. Yeah, that's normally what happens. What even right, right this guy. What about you, Dave? Um, cere- it's got to be cereal Dave. first, and then then milk. So you just, can't you can't trust guys that uh, put milk. Spear, in he's a he's a milk first. No, guy. but I do look when I do Lucky Charms. It's uh, cereal first. It's, it's got to be cereal. First. Yeah, yeah. cereal first. Come on, you put the there, milk and then you pour the cereal. You pour, you pour, no. and then the cereal comes out of the bowl because I do. You know, one of the big mixing bowls that your mom. You know, does the the big cakes and like you know, like when when pollo bacalhau, uh, uh, yeah, the more the more like the big ass bowls. That's what I eat cereal every day. It's normally a box and a half every morning. And bro, if you put the milk first and you dump the whole box, it'll come out of the side. So you have to put the cereal, yeah. and then the and then you dip, you know, press not down o- and get it nice and crunchy. Yeah, you not, know, not be- soggy, but not only because of that, but because when you're pouring the milk, you can actually. Pour the milk over the cereal, oh, so you're kind of moistening it, it up. It's too bad we're not we're not live right now because the motion from Alfredo right now is one of those sexual. 
Ooh. It was like it was like the, the Saturday uh, celebration. Epa. You're not going to get a standing ovation for that thing. Anyway, here we are. Uh, sorry, we got a little bit off uh, off topic. Yeah, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Food Network. Make sure you check them out. There's a new app with Bobby Flay that will give you all the recipes you need. But yet, you know, just next, mention 10CO10. You get a 32% yeah. discount. On the next podcast, we will discuss whether pineapple is good on pizza. Anyway, uh, 349 is what we're serving up tonight. We have a couple games to recap, as Dave mentioned. Desportivo de Zavsh. And the Riwav. So Sportive Dazavj was this past Friday. Riwav was yesterday as we record this podcast. One was for the Liga Nosh, and the other one was for the Taça de Portugal for a spot in the semifinals of the Taça de Portugal. Uh, and then also the big game comes up this Friday, another another Friday game against Sporting. Sporting Lisbon in a big Lisbon derby. The big, the big Lisbon <laughs> derby. That's right. Um, so we have that. Uh, so let's let's get right into uh, these games. We'll start with the average game, and and while um, against against Vitoria in Guimarães, we were very super duper efficient with one shot, one goal uh, against this average team. Thirty seven shots, twelve on target, twenty nine in the box, and uh, and we were having a really really hard time getting uh, getting goals. I'll give you the, the starting lineup: uh, Vlaco Dimos, Almeida, Diaz, Ferro, and Grimaldo. Uh, Weigel, which got his uh, start uh, because Tarap, of course, uh, picked up his uh, the accumulation of yellows. Uh, Gabriel was his partner. Pizzi on one side. Um, Jota, who made his, his starting debut as a Mifika player. Hard uh, hard to uh, uh, to believe that. Chiquinho and Seferovic uh, were up front. Um, early goal for, uh, for Avsh. Uh, really surprised uh, Benfica, but the story uh, was really about how much we weren't effective uh, or, or efficient, I should say, uh, coupled with a great performance by their goalie and uh, and defenders throwing themselves at the ball. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this to you. Aside from uh, perhaps a little bit of, uh, of good luck that we didn't have in that first half, we are playing the last place team who, if I'm not mistaken, has six points to their credit uh, at the end of the first half of the season should have, could have, we have done better against this team. Or do you think this, this turned out into the classic trap game? Look, one thing no one will ever blame us is that we don't put on a good performance. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't say good performance. We don't put on some good drama, I should say. Right. The suspense. You know, now with the Oscars coming out, the nominations and the whole nine, I think Benfica try to make their case for best drama because when you look at things on paper and you're looking at first place against last place, uh, Avs coming in against the Agias, you know what I mean? Things have to be, you really expect Benfica to, to just slap them around. Um, you know, Benfica, uh, you know, had some some one sided results, you know, this season. So this is one of those games you really anticipated another one sided result. But unfortunately for Benfica, they couldn't do so. And, and credit to Obs, they came into play. That my man from Iran, who's uh, running like you scared for his life, running from Trump and goes down the right wing, scores a magnificent magnificent goal on the on on, on Vlaco Dimas and I think they caught everyone by surprise Benfica pressure they they threw everything they could at that goalkeeper they threw everything they could at the at the Ops goal but unfortunately they you know unfortunately for them and fortunately for 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 Ops they just couldn't capitalize but you know Benfica was able to turn things around and uh 
you know, got the the the, the little soft, I shall say, soft soft penalty. But you know, nonetheless, it counts. And Benfica then were rolling after that, and then it was just you know bombardment after bombardment, you know, just bomba after bomba in the box, and uh, the rest of the Almeida came up with yeah. And uh, and look, uh, before the the goal in the twentieth minute, there was two very identical plays that Avs had mm -hmm. uh, behind our. Uh, defensive line between Ferro and Grimaldo, which obviously when Grimaldo steps up, is always that space is always exposed, and they kept the, having that same play. And the third time was a charm, and yeah. rather than my man from Iran crossing it, this time he took it himself. It's as if they they watched video and they saw that that was going to be a weak spot, well, and they attacked it. Credit to them, they attacked it, and like you said, Uidoniano was able to put that top-notch. I mean, fantastic shot from that angle. It was very hard to do so, and he did so. So credit to him, but as you said, Benfica, for a reason, for some reason or another, seems like they're struggled at times when Grimaldo gets out of position, and then the thing that really upsets me, and, I, and I'm not trying to go down this road here, guys, but you know, a lot of people tell you the great reason of playing a guy like Cedric is because he helps a Grimaldo defend, and unfortunately against the strong and almighty Avs, um, they had difficulty defending that right side. Or are there right Serbia wasn't playing, though. I was dropped on that side that game, so we can't blame uh, Serbia on that that one. But Stiano's already setting up uh, his commentary for the next game. Dave, stats stepping up. Dave, I just wanted to make sure you were on your toes and uh, good job by you. Unlike Grimaldo, you were ready to defend and you came through big time. Good job. Dave. If, uh, I, I was fast. I was fast on that one. If if Dave is not uh, on his toes, Ricardo Antunes will certainly keep us keep us on ours. He's like the Ferro coming in lately when Grimaldo's when Dave Grimaldo's out of position, Antunes comes in, steps in, and uh, defends. That's right. Uh, and, and basically, Benfica, uh, after coming back from the locker room, played the whole entire half uh, in uh, in Havis's, uh half. Uh, Dave, Julian Weigel's uh, debut, uh, just a few days of, from being or signing with the club. What did you think of his uh, of his performance? I mean, you can tell this is a guy that's coming in uh, new to the team midway through the year, no training camp, still trying to get used to how the team plays, uh, get used to his teammates. Um, you can't uh, pick a better opponent for him to start against a, a last place club, like we uh, said. But uh, yeah, I, 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 not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think he definitely had a, a better game against Rio Ave than he get, did against the. Uh, but uh, it, it, he's getting used to us. I, I don't want to poo-poo on the guy already uh, too early. It's still very early in his career, but he, he's going to need some time to uh, get the feel of, of the squad here. Look, it's his first game with his new teammates. You think he's going to have some type of that adaptation. Um, you expect him to struggle a little bit. But then at the same time, you're looking at the schedule, you look at the team they're going up against. And as we mentioned before, last place team, Come on, guy coming from the Bundesliga. He should be able to play against these Monkos. But, again, no surprise. He has some ups and downs. But, look, there's a player here. Let's give him a little bit of time. Um, and I think uh, we'll get the goods from him, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, he, he was replaced uh, by Servi. Um, my personal opinion is that, that you know, I agree with you. There's, there's a player there. Obviously, Two days of training is not enough to understand the, the dynamics of the team, the movements of the team. But I'm very surprised that he performed the way he has with the fact that he hasn't been with the team for that long. 
Uh, but look, the touch is there. The awareness is there. The, the, the spaces he occupies is there. Uh, the way he distributes the ball. I, I really can't understand anybody who would criticize a guy that's under the circumstances that Weigel is in, uh, in terms of the short term that he's been with the team and being able to uh, play the way he did both against uh, Avj and Riwaf. Uh, but look, um, it was one of those games that I really felt that we could have been there for much, much longer than the 90 minutes, and we probably couldn't have scored. Thankfully, uh, that penalty, uh, look, it was a penalty, but as Skinner ah, mentioned, it was a penalty because hey, the referee so, called it. But I, I've also I've, I've seen penalties for more not being called. Mais que aquilo? Come on. For less than that, or for more than that being called, or not being called, I should say. Piotr's are not called. Yeah, but that, listen, again, I don't, to me, it was a very soft penalty. It is, I don't want to get into other penalties. Yeah, well, when you, where do you go, when you go and, uh, and you call on VAR, right? And you see that there's contact there, regardless of whether, uh, Vinicius me, already, he's already, already going, going down. down. He's already going down by the time he swings in and misses, looking like Daryl yeah. Strawberry. There's, uh, there's contact there. But, uh, nonetheless, you know, 67 to 33 in possession. Uh, as I mentioned, 37 shots uh, that I already said. But uh, look, look, I they had their opportunities. They oh, had yeah. their opportunities. To me, the two most flagrant ones that, that, that come to mind right away, around the 25th the, minute, BZ has an opportunity to put the ball in there. He tries to chip and come out with the Bonita, and Rio, and uh, Avs was 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 able to, to clear the the, the, the yeah, clear the ball right out of the goal line. And then second half, the, the Sferovic, 20 that Seferovic missed. Okay, I mean, there's so many, but to me, the two that pop that come to mind right away is it, it's that one because the net was practically wide open for PZ to just bang it into the back of the net, and he tried to chip it and come out pretty. And then there's another one, Soferovic gets the ball, sixty uh, something minute, whatever. He's one on one with the goalkeeper, and he's able to hit the keeper in both feet, which is it's <laughs> tremendous feat. I mean, that's very talented, but uh, wasn't able to score. They Feet just they had opportunity after opportunity. They didn't exactly play terrible. I think we were just disappointed that it took to the 87th, 88th minute, whatever it was to, to finally take the lead in a game that you expected coming in, that you expected to uh, have a very comfortable early lead and just, you know, kind of coast into uh, victory considering that a game three days later, then another three days later, you have a very important derby with Sporting. You would have wished that this game would have, you know, Benfica would have come out with a, with a much easier result rather than having to uh, stretch themselves all the way into the 95th, 96th minute, whatever it was. Yeah, that it was actually in the 89th minute that uh, Andre Almeida got the the go ahead goal and in, in a collective sigh of relief, if you will, from the fan base. Even though, well, sigh of relief. The sigh of relief <laughs> was 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 earlier when he comes in like like, like a maniac with studs up. Does a quick on the guy goes right through his like, luckily goes right through his legs and he gets a red card and the referee went to the bar, which I thought was the right decision. Um a yellow card at worst. That 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 you know, that's what I would have what I would have given had I been a referee. Uh but you know, luckily, look, I guess Benfica, Benfica just can't complain that VAR always goes against them. It, this one time it went in our favor, right, Dave? Yeah. Both in that and the penalty. Yeah, we can't come I guess we can't complain to this uh this game. This last game against Rio questionable but hey i guess we're in the business where you gotta take some and you gotta let some uh go so well you're on to the right. game already oh but if we're talking about referees yes to well. me because to me that was and alfredo you'll give out the lineup but 
talking about penalties, to me, that was way more of a penalty on Chiquinho than it was on uh, on Vinicius against Stops. But again, that shit, uh, that that play didn't even go to VAR. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll talk about. Yeah, th three points to um, for Benfica to extend their their winning record uh, at home. Uh, and now we we turned our attention to uh, to a Tuesday game that's being played at nine fifteen at night. Um, I remember when when Lodge stepped into the conference uh, post game was, it was midnight. Oh, midnight. It was 11. midnight. What am I talking about? Uh, and look, there there was some criticism in regard to uh, the time of the day. Certainly, uh, I do understand the conflict with the Porto game, but it was like an hour and a half before the, those two matches. Why didn't they just play, uh, if not at the same time, yeah. you know, play one right after the other? Uh, but I do understand that there's some TV rights and and money uh, is the is the king. Bro, I think we've talked about this a while back on the Bifiga podcast. Yeah. It's as if, it's as if the people, I guess, is sport sport TV, right? Whoever the hell it is, it's as if these people that are you know scheduling these games for TV, they're trying their very, 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 very best. To get the least fans to the stadium as possible, as, as as opposed to like let's get people out to the stands. They're like, yo, the only way we're gonna make money is by having what, by having eyes, by having viewers watch us. So let's schedule the game real late because that will guarantee is that people from the north, you know, are, are not gonna travel four or five hours to go watch because they're gonna be watching on our channel, and then we get ratings and we yeah. make money. It's as if that's done purposely. Yeah, and. and You know, when you when you hear uh, Provence talk about promoting the sport in Portugal, promoting the league in Portugal, and you see uh, these uh, these commercials or these advertisements for the league, uh, I don't know how it, what's what the slogan. Some some bullshit. But you know, it's uh, it's kind of hypocritical to. Uh, to be able to not accommodate the, the common fan uh, on a weekday, um, regardless of, of being, uh, you know, a Portuguese uh, cup uh, game, but on, on a, on a weekday, very late, uh, it does not promote the, the sport and, and the league. And then to top it off, our boy, Jafos posts, posts a video of it and they want to suspend them on Twitter. Like, you know, like they go after people who are trying to promote the league. Anyone that shows any video of a Portuguese league game, Sport TV will come right after you as if, you know, they're the IRS, Uncle Sam, and trying to collect, you know, debts from 30 years ago. And they want to suspend you immediately. It's it's just it's just asinine. Man. Well, they, we, we talk about they, this all the time. It's, it makes no sense. They got to protect that 20-something uh, uh, a month uh, subscription. 40-something. It's like 46 <laughs> They, that they make their subscribers shell out, which no, Fredo, is uh, 20 ridiculous. something. I think people would be happy. I think it's in the I think Sport TV, the package, but live, it's 46 bucks. Um, oh, Ricardo, do that's over. Are you awake? It doesn't matter. He's not watching live. <laughs> Ricardo, when you check this out, hit us up on Twitter. I think the subscription for Sport TV is like 46 bucks a month, but again, it's I think it comes with the dollars or euros, euros. Yeah, but that 46 euros. It's the I think it's wow. the most expensive package in like the world. Not even HBO is that expensive. Not even the Playboy channel is that expensive. And there's a lot better reason sometimes to watch the Playboy channel than to watch the League of Noah's. Trust me. There's more action. You get more fulfillment. Yeah, watch you it know for what the I articles. Yeah, <laughs> watch it for the articles. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, next up was uh, Riwav, uh, which happened uh, yesterday, the Portuguese Cup uh, round of uh, of eight. Uh, I think it was round quarter, of eight. Quarter. Quarter uh, finals. 
here's um, here's the lineup. Slobin was in goal, Tavares, Dias, Ferro, and Grimaldo. Uh, Weigel, uh, second consecutive start. Tarabt got the start. Uh, Gabriel left the game against Tavares, uh, complaining uh, about uh, a hit on his leg. Uh, no prognostic has been given on whether or not he's going to be available for Fridays, but certainly today, today, today they reported he'll be available in someone else. Yeah. Who, who's the other guy that was in question? Dave Almeida. I don't know. I, I saw Good that man. Gabriel, they said Gabriel will play. Yeah. So oh, oh, Ferro Ferro and oh, uh, Gabriel. Okay. But they were in question. PT in Serbia on the wing. Chiquinhos and Vinicius. Uh, early goal scored by Riwav. And, and look, um, a team that's, that's, uh, that's coached by Carlos Carvalhal and, and, you guys all know Carlos Carvalhal, his experience that he's had with the Portuguese league. Uh, you know, he's had uh, experience in, in, in England. Uh, he is a good coach. He was one of the mentors of uh, Lodge, and, and he's certainly a guy that uh, can work with with uh, with the, uh, the human material that he has or, or the player calibers that he has, and he can organize a team. Uh, he was... Uh, try to attract Benfica from by playing from the back. Benfica raised up their lines to to put the pressure. And again, uh, Riwav taking advantage of their speedy wingers, trying to put that ball between uh, the fullbacks and the center backs. And, and that's how they were going to uh, create problems. So they scored an early goal. Uh, and again, it was a counter. Guy got behind the defense. Uh, Ruben Dias had to to make the foul, and, and Cristiano will argue that that could have been the red because it's a tackle from behind. Um, got they got I'm given not, the foul. I'm, wait, when you say argue, right? Well, let, let, let's you, clarify. You'll that. argue that could have been the red instead of I'm, a yellow. I'm not arguing that he should have gotten a red. I'm just saying that I think we we're fortunate, right, that the referee decided to give a yellow because a foul from behind without even getting the ball. I mean, that's not from the side. That's straight from behind. FIFA changed the rules a few years back. A foul from behind is a red. So I think Benfica was very lucky that, you know, it was a yellow. Again, it's not a red according to, you know, uh, if you look at it, he was in the last man there. Obviously, Federal was by his side. So in that aspect, no, straight yellow. But I think a foul from behind with no piece of the ball. Not, I mean, we're talking about not from the side. Or for your referee, you should notice directly from behind. I think Benfica were very fortunate that the referee decided to show the yellow and not a red there. That's all I'm saying. I'm not arguing for a red. I'm just saying we're fortunate. There's a difference. There's a difference. Compreende? Yeah. Uh, in the 13 minutes, Servi would get the, the equalizer. Then uh, 17 minutes later, they would go up again uh, after getting behind Benfica's defense and Zlobin being caught up in, in no man's land in the header over his head. Uh, and, and look, it was uh, it was a tough half uh, for Benfica, especially because of uh, the way Riwav showed themselves uh, and organized themselves. Uh, and I think now for the second consecutive game, Benfica is forced to chase the result. And obviously, when you're chasing the result, there's obviously more effort that needs to be put into play. Uh, the the pressure, the times that you take to to pressure the the, the other team, uh, there's a lot of effort. Um, so into the half, uh, down two and one. Uh, but I think that Benfica had to feel good. Dave, what'd you think, man? Um. My my only big uh, pain point from this is I know we got to get our young keepers uh, some minutes of action, but Slobin on uh, especially the second goal, he's caught in between uh, no man's land. Did you say slow bin? Yeah, slow bin, slow bin. But uh, 
he was still he, coming out. Yeah, he was slow. He was uh he didn't know what he was doing, if he was going in or if he was going out, but uh I think it's not that we need somebody to push Vlacodimos, but I think a veteran keeper would would suit this team well and they could develop and coach these uh these younger guys, but having three young keepers there uh i don't think it, it helps us uh in this situation and, and these games where we put him out for the the tasa he can be a liability especially as we move on uh to this tournament i am gonna be uh looking to see how Laj uses uh, or which keeper he uses uh in the semifinals coming up but uh that would be my biggest pain point uh, uh of that first half especially is how our, our keeper was uh playing back there yeah, and your homeboys, uh, Seferovic, came in the 61st minute, and he only needed uh, basically, what? Uh, 12, Three minutes. 11 minutes to put Mefica ahead on the result. So in the 65th minute, he scored the, the equalizer off of a, an assist by Vinicius. And then in the sec 72nd minute, a one-timer with his right foot off of Pizzi feed, uh, and he puts uh, Befica ahead. But uh, I mean, I'll let you run through some of these uh, some of these stats for this game, uh, starting with Servi. Yeah, he he gets his fourth goal of the uh, the season uh, to tie the game up originally at uh, one, and uh, I guess it deserved a, a standing and chanting uh, ovation from the uh, the crowd that did make it to the game on a cold uh, Tuesday late uh, night affair. So maybe they were a little bit sleepy. And uh, Dozy didn't know who they were chanting for, but he got his uh, name chanted uh, with his fourth goal of the season. Uh, Seferovic, like you said, returns, and he returns to the score sheet for the first time since uh, November 5th. Uh, so my boy, I think with him is uh, when he has too much time to think, he'll uh, put it uh, to the left, to the right, to over the bar. But when uh, he doesn't have time to think, he'll make those uh, quick one-timers that'll just put a foot on it, and he gets uh, two goals in this uh this game here. So uh, good to see uh, him back on the score sheet. And uh, Rafa also returned to action uh, for the first time since his injury on uh, October 23rd. So good to see him back as well. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Befica beats uh, Riwav, a very tough Riwav uh, team, uh, to get into the semifinals of the Taça Portugal and will now face Famalicão, who beat Passos de Ferreira today. Uh, so that I think uh, it's a two leg affair, and the first uh match comes up in February, if I'm not mistaken. Usually, there's there's a huge uh gap between the first leg and the second leg for the Portuguese Cup. I don't know why they do that, uh, but I guess uh, you know, it's it's the league uh playing again. Uh, but Cristiano, the way this draw has taken place, uh, if Benfica wins. Uh, if Pifigo won against Riwav, they if they beat the next game, which is going to be for Malikao, uh, it's the other side of the bracket, if you want to call another side of the bracket, which it is, will be Porto considering that if 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 Porto uh, wins uh, their semifinal game too. Um, if? If they win. If? They either, they either... Is the sun coming out tomorrow? Listen. If they, they either have they play to... play Canelas or, Verz, or Academico Vizil. I mean, if, if... First of all, I'll be very surprised if Academico Vizil even shows up and they're not intimidated or threatened by Canelas, right? Surprised Canelas has been able to get this far. 
What's that well, all about? Well, when everybody quits halfway through the game, I mean, it's pretty impressive. They, I mean, they've gotten the most three-nine victories of uh, any team in the competition because that's that's the automatic score you get when teams forfeit. Uh, come on, if Porto, come, I mean, are you this whole draw, the whole tournament? To be frankly, to be frankly honest with you guys, the whole tournament has been catered to football group to Porto. I mean, come on. Are you kidding? They played like one team in the first division, which is Vitoria Stuba at home, mind you. They haven't Vitoria left. Stuba, the, which is very, uh, very pro Porto. Well, they haven't beaten Porto in 30 years or whatever it is. Okay. Uh, Porto hasn't left the street to of Porto since like, uh, you know, three years ago in the competition. I mean, come on. This has all been lined up for Porto to go ahead and play. And and Makaku himself Makaku said, said, I'll play the first half. Ma Makaku said the, already, you know, he's ready to half. go and kill and fight for a victory at Bernabeu at Old Trafford at the lose. Unless the Ladron, unless yeah. they play at the Ladron, then then it's OK if they lose, which is, is it's, uh, uh, you know, absolutely, uh, uh, you know, unthinkable that in 2020 that these types of things are still going on. And the captain of the team is actually openly admitting this. Uh, and, and yet there's so much BS in Portugal. Any little rumor associated with Benfica's front cover, Sam TV sending their three helicopters over there and the submarine to dig out any type of information. Yet this guy is openly admitting that if they do go ahead and, you know, they're fortunate enough to be the academic Vizel, who, by the way, has uh, a very good relationship with, with Football Club Porto. They've already said that they're ecstatic because I think they're a satellite club of Football Club Porto. They're a feeder club. No, not academic Vizel. Yes, yes, yes. Alfredo, trust me, look that up. Their president was ecstatic when the draw came out that they could possibly face Football Club de Porto. And again, these are, you could call it a conspiracy or you could call it just. Uh, you know, just whatever you want to call it, okay? But at the end of the day, it, it, you know, it, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say because I feel dirty. I feel dirty well, even yeah, saying it. Makaku's already said that if they play Porto, uh, that means, you know, if they get past the academic, uh, if they play Porto, that he'll play the first half, and the second half he's going to go and lead the, the Super Dragões. So... I, I mean, take it for what it is. What they really wanted, they wanted Benfica in, in their in their path. Uh, but, uh, you know, unlucky for him, uh, it didn't work out. So, you know, hopefully he'll get his, his childhood dream well, of playing at the yet. Right now. He didn't get it yet. He could win. Well, they could. if they beat Porto, if they beat Coimbra. I think going to beat them when the half the team is going to be in the stands in the second half leading the, the chance. SOB, if you lose the puta, that's what he's singing over there. You know that. They love it. They do. That's for sure. So anyway, that's what we got uh, going on. Uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, next the up. game. Yeah, the Rewaf game. Yeah. Well, what's there more to talk about? Look, uh, I think it's important that Benfica gets back to the Jamor and Benfica wins a, a Portuguese cup because certainly uh, in the past uh, 15, 20 years, there's been very few uh, Portuguese but, uh, trophies. It's starting again. No, it's not better. It's not better. Okay, now it is. See, so now we go back. Eu acho que é qualquer coisa aí do teu lado, pá. But I'm not touching anything. David. All right, no problem. Maybe the vibrator in your ass. The, 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 frequency. <laughs> the frequency. Vai lá, então vai lá. We're gonna, we're gonna. Start it from here. Oh, we go. It was literally just not even a minute long. Just start up. It was a minute. It was a minute long. 
Where did it start going bad? What was I talking no, about? I said a minute ago. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, what were you talking about? Uh, going to the Jamor. Okay. Certainly, uh, Benfica needs to get back to the Jamor because in the past 15, 20 years, there's not a lot of uh, Portuguese Cup trophies in the Benfica Museum. And we need to get there. Not only that, but we need to get Baquero to the Jamor. You took the words out of my mouth. Baquero, Magda, myself, Maria. So many people who haven't made this very illustrious trip to the Jamor for the right reason, which is the final, the Taça de Portugal. And I think a lot of us would uh, would absolutely love to do that. Um, so hopefully Benfica handles business. I was One thing I took from yesterday's game, Svetovic scoring two goals. Look, hopefully this will set them on the right track. Now, as we all know, Ardite is out. We only have two options, and we hope that both of our guys are hitting on all cylinders when they do get the few minutes that they do get um, and score some crucial goals. The other aspect of this game, Rafa's back. Um, very important player. We all know when Rafa is in form, he is Benfica's most dangerous player without a shadow of a doubt. And now hopefully he could play some very crucial minutes in the derby coming up on Friday. Uh, so I, th I think that's something that we need to mention as well because I think that you know he could play a key part in Friday's game. Yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, just one last thing before we move on to the sporting uh, preview. Uh, the, one, the one running team that or, you know, not Maybe it's a little bit of a, an obscure of a, of a theme is that uh, the ugly ducklings were all uh, really important in these past couple of games. So you got Almeida getting the, the winning goal uh, against Stavs and uh, Almeida isn't always the consensual uh, first choice for, for, for a right back or, or even uh, somebody that gives us assurance that the fan base won't be saying, well, we need to strengthen that right back side. Uh, then the other one was with all the misses. And, and Dave, you mentioned last time that set of Seferovic scored was back in November. And for a center forward, it's, it's certainly not enough. He grabs the two goals that ended up being uh, the tying and the winning goal against uh, against Riwav. And then you got uh, Chervi. Chervi, who, um, who is not also consensual by uh, most of, of the fan base as somebody that is... Uh, just a, a straightaway started. Uh, so <laughs> three guys that kind of divide the opinions of, of the fan base uh, are really being the protagonists of these past couple games. Chucky. Is he going to get a statue next to Ozevio next? Chucky. He's going to get a, a, a statue next to the guy that sells the castanhas. Hey, that's a that's a nice place to be, man. The castanhas on a nice autumn day, that smell. It's, hey. That's prime real estate, baby. Anyway, let's uh, let's turn our attention now to uh, the Derby of the Derbies uh, in Portugal, uh, and uh, Benfica will travel to uh, Sporting on on Friday, another Friday game, nine fifteen local. Uh, at uh, they want to make the sure all the Chinese people are up and awake, and uh, you know that market's a huge market <laughs> in Asia. Sport TV has got a huge subscription. Uh, you know, uh, quota from over there from those sides, and they want to make sure everybody's awake at three in the morning in, in China to watch. Yeah, they're going to wake up to watch this game. It's good for us over here on this side of the, the pond because uh, we get to come home early from work and, and catch the game. But uh, yeah, they're not they're not growing the game in Portugal with these times. Maybe internationally over here on this side, but yeah, in China, I don't think nobody's waking up early to watch the it game either. It's a huge game in Sporting's world because. The Messiah, 
He'll be playing his last game. You know, everybody be watching and saying their goodbyes and lighting candles that he doesn't get hurt in order to sabotage this move to Old Trafford. We'll get we'll get into that shortly. The Messiah. I, I wanted to let Dave uh, run through some uh, some numbers. Sporting is currently fourth uh, at Alvalade. Seven games, four wins, three losses. Um, so almost a 500 record at the uh, Alvalade. Currently six points difference. Uh, between them and first place, Benfica. Six. Sixteen. Oh, you said six, bro. Did I? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to add the one. I was going to say. That's, that's Sixteen points difference. They're close to the last place and they are the first, correct? If I'm not mistaken. It right. wouldn't surprise me. Via do Sporting. Dave, uh, you want to run through uh, some, some numbers? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the previous 10 meetings against Sporting, we've gone... Five wins, four draws, one loss. That one loss came in the second leg of the uh, Tasa last season. Uh, Benfica's already beat Sporting 5 0 uh, this season in the Super Tasa final. And uh, no matter what the result against Sporting, Benfica has uh, guaranteed to be first uh, after the first round of games in the Campeonato. So, uh, of course, we want to get the three points, build on our, our lead up there, but. Uh, we're guaranteed to be winter champions, which is something that Sporting always uh, brags about. I hate that winter champion bullshit. <laughs> I am preoccupied going into this game because Benfica will not have their leading goal scorer and Coat's playing. You know, the guys. Are <laughs> oh. They're still trying to. They're still trying to make they him available, appeal. right? They appealed. They appealed. And they lost the appeal. Uh, yeah. they, they held the suspension. Stan, I just looked it up. You are correct. I am correct. There's 16 points between Sporting and Benfica, and there's. 15 points between Sporting and the the relegation. Did you ever doubt me for a sec? Sometimes I doubt you, but you always end up proving me wrong. One am I gonna one am I gonna learn? So anyway, let's let's talk about uh, uh look for me. I, I wish Coates was playing. Kinda, but then again, like as clumsy as he is, there are other options probably aren't any better. So I mean, look, it is what it is. Sporting's gonna miss. Coats, they're missing Vieto. They're missing key players. Obviously, a team that is Jesse. Jesse probably come in there and do a raggeton move on Grimaldo. You know what I mean? So things could get interesting. But uh, look, <laughs> describe to me what a raggeton move is. A raggeton move. Uh, listen, man, I'd, I'd have to show it to you, but unfortunately, video is turned off. So subscribe. That's for the, the Patreon account. Yeah, if the exactly the pay the two dollars a month, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe. For Chris um, a couple couple things that I wanted to uh, ask you guys, and and I guess I'll I'll start with Dave. Dave, sixteen points difference. What does this game mean for Sporting? Does it mean something? Is it just bragging rights? Is it just the pleasure of taking points away from Sport from Bifica? It it always is. Like we've mentioned in previous uh, Derby lead up podcasts, it doesn't matter if they're in last place or if they're one point behind us. Whatever is going on uh, leading into the match, you can throw it out the window because it's a it's a big derby and both teams uh, dislike each other. So uh, if Sporting uh, wants to come and disrupt Benfica's season, uh, that that's what their their uh, mindset is going to be because the like we've uh, said, they're they're closer to finishing uh, in last than they are in first at this uh, this moment. So. Their goal is probably just uh, have a, a good, strong performance, try to uh, take some points away from us. Uh, they are playing at home, uh, so 
they should be looking to create some more uh, more chances going forward. But uh, like we always say, and in these types of games, whatever each team's form is, throw it out the window because uh, anything can happen in these uh, derbies, like we've seen in the past. Every time Sporting plays Benfica, their universe stops. This is their game. Whether they're ahead, behind us, close to us, far away as they are now. Right now, their biggest motivation is to try to trip up Benfica in order to have Porto at some point overtake Benfica. That's their ultimate motivation. It's just to mess up Benfica's season because they know their season has been messed up even before they started preseason this year. Now, there are some things that I'm concerned about coming into this game, to be brutally honest now, with all jokes aside. Benfica played a game on Friday, played a game on Tuesday, and I was playing a game three days later. Sporting is fresh having not played since Saturday. So those things taken into account, something that concerns me, I still don't think Sporting has enough to play up to Benfica's ability. I think they don't have enough to stay with Benfica. But in a derby, as Dave stated before, 100% correct. You throw records out the window because you know that these teams on both sides, they're going to go in there and they're going to play football. They're going to go in there with their foot on the ball and they're going to try to win every 50-50 ball. They're going to hustle. You know, a lot of other games where they just probably let a ball go out of bounds, they're going to hustle for these balls. They're going to try to win every opportunity that they get. And so, you know, they're going to be extra motivated after, as I've stated before, after having a horrendous season, to be brutally honest, they want to kind of get some of that respect back from their fans. You know that this team is on the cusp of a loss to Benfica and a lopsided loss to Benfica at Alvalade on Friday. The fans will erupt. I mean, you know that these they're, they're having their little bickering problems be amongst one another, and things could get really ugly if Sporting doesn't show up to play. And I think the Sporting players will have that weight on their shoulders. I think that they feel that because the rep, the president, I think the club itself will transmit that message to them that, look, this is our opportunity to at least salvage our season because it's all about what they do against Benfica. That's what it's about. Yeah, look, uh, uh, certainly, it hasn't been uh, the smooth sailing for Verandas and Sporting this uh, this season. Uh, certainly, I think that if if Sporting uh, does lose for to Benfica, which I hope they uh, what they will, uh, it will uh, bring up some of the, the the contestation that that Verandas has had, the questioning. Uh, there's obviously two factions of supporters that are divided right now with Sporting. Um, so I, I think that the, the team uh, wants to have a good showing. Um, you took uh, one of the topics that I wanted to discuss, which is the shorter rest time for uh, for Benfica. Uh, Sporting does have a, a game uh, next week, midweek, for the, the Tasa de Liga. Uh, but regardless, Benfica comes into this game with, with shorter rest than uh, than Sporting. Uh, but I think that uh, Benfica is capable of beating Sporting if they played the way they have played uh, this season. Um, one of the biggest storylines is obviously, as you mentioned, Cristiano, Bruno Fernandes uh, is one of the big factors. Uh, but we're kind of coming into a situation here where... He's, he's probably a, a, a protagonist with uh, some of the storylines attached to him, right? So there's there's been talks about uh, the the Man United move. Uh, it's been talked about. It's been discussed. Uh, it has a lot of traction, and it does seem that he's going to make the move. Uh, this would be 
his last game at the Alvalade. Well, I think we came across this uh, for the Supertasa, if I'm uh, not mistaken, where it was the same kind of the same uh, situation where he was rumored to go uh, at the end of the summer uh, as well. But um, and we saw how that ended up turning out to, to be for for Sporting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, he does uh, react if and how he does end up playing if he's able to check uh, keep his emotions in check, knowing that this could possibly be his uh, last game for Sporting. Um, me personally, I think both uh, Sporting and United are playing a little bit of Russian roulette here. They're risking. Uh, him play this this last game against Benfica, and they know this could be a very tough and physical game. He, we already saw in the last game against Stubel, he went down with a little knock. He, he did come back, but uh, he's one injury away from having this uh, 70 million uh, pound transfer uh, fall flat, and then both clubs have to uh, have to uh, suffer. And, and not, United doesn't get the player that they wanted, and Sporting doesn't get their, their 70 million. So right now, I think they're both playing a little bit of uh, Russian roulette by letting uh, him play one last game against Benfica. So thank you very much for listening.